0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 146, a morning episode, not something that happens all the time. Uh, I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt, and what's going on with you this week, man?
1: Yeah, um, summer's winding down, which is good. really like that. Work's, works dropping off a bit, so I am gonna be able to go to uh, all my soccer trainings and such without having to rush, which is nice. Uh, Club ball starts next week with training, so I'll be back out there with the young boys. Um, Got a lot to work on there in itself, which is going to be another headache in itself. But, um, yeah, overall, it was a good week. Premier League was crazy every day. Um, Your team's flying right now. Um, My team is, they're showing they can play at a high level, but little things go wrong, and... I, I don't even want to say uh, we'll get into it when we get to there.
0: Okay. Um, all right. Well, I suppose we can jump right into the first game, which was Aston Villa and Everton, uh, opened us up this weekend, this lovely match day too. some would say lovely. Some would say not so lovely. Um, Villa getting off the mark early with a Danny Ings goal in the 31st. He still looks so deeply far off the pace. In my opinion, um, this was a good goal, but I don't know. I I just worry that he's not a great long term solution there. Ollie Watkins did get the start alongside him here, which is important. I think we need to see him probably in the, the number nine role by himself and and not playing the double striker with Coutinho behind, but I don't know. I I'm not the manager. Uh Ami Boydia getting another in the eighty sixth and then Lucas Digne, funnily enough, uh scoring an own goal, even though he just got um moved over from Everton last season, so there's a little bit of shouting for it there, but statistically, this was a high-wire game, 12 shots for Villa, 15 for Everton, four shots on target for both sides, but Villa had 58% of the possession. They were the better team. Um, It's a shame that it came down to, you know, such a, 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 a late point in the game, um, 86th minute before that. I just... I wasn't sure that, that Villa were going to walk away from it. I don't know what it is about Everton, but I don't want to count them out this year. Um, they are seemingly going to lose Anthony Gordon to Chelsea. That That's what it looks like. So they're going to be in serious trouble when that happens. But um, if that doesn't happen or until that happens, I, I just don't want to count Everton out. I don't think they played all that poorly here. I just... I don't know, Villa Villa were better on the day.
1: Yeah, Aston Villa controlled it really well. Um, the press the was three, a little
0: better here, too.
1: Yeah, there was a lot more drive going forward, playing at home, helped him a bit. Unfortunate for them, Diego Carlos ruptured his Achilles, so he will most likely be out for the remainder of the year, if not up until probably March or April, which is unfortunate. So... Um, they're probably back in the market for another center back if we're being realistic and thinking about things because um, they're back with Kanza and Mings so a partnership that's already comfortable there but I think they still need depth in that position especially now um, Jacob Ramsey does really well driving into that final third creating opportunities Coutinho was kind of a miss this game again um, he's kind of losing that bit of flair I think people said like if um Gerard wasn't the manager. Maybe he wouldn't be a number one guy like starter. It doesn't seem like he's playing at that level to uh, be a guy that starts for them week in and week out. But with his reputation, it's hard not to pick him. Um Ollie Watkins definitely getting the start. You saw the difference in what he brought yep. compared to last week without him. Um Leon Bailey mainly played more on the wings and the sides, whereas Watkins can... Uh, float anywhere across the front line Ings more as that conventional striker um I think yeah Watkins got both assists which is evident in his performance so Everton laid on with mistakes and the last I would say eight minutes they got back into it and had a lot of chances their new signing in uh Onana from Lille uh, holding mid um he's Belgian and what is that senegalese so I think mm-hmm. he's Belgian first so another young prospect there they paid overpaid a bit for him I'd say like 40 million dollars bit of a stretch but he showed the value he had and you mentioned Gordon leaving um, Todd Bowley is slowly building um, the young English town he's bringing all these young English players into the club um, within the first team and also the the 23s 21 team. So he's doing kind of what he did with the Dodgers after he initially got involved with them, bringing in a lot of youth prospects and the long-term plan was set. And eventually now that you see the Dodgers is a steady um, contender always for the world series. So he's going to do the same thing here, the restructuring contracts. And um, I think if Gordon leaves, especially at this time in the window, um everton are definitely going to be in a relegation scrap the whole year so i mean they have awobi playing uh in center mid now
0: yeah i know he's just all over the pitch i don't know what the game plan is there big frank super frank needs to figure things out or else we're not going to see him there for for all that much longer i think
1: yeah he's definitely on the block
0: oh yeah absolutely i think it's him and we're going to get to maybe one of the other managers that I think's on the out by the time that you have to leave the milk and cookies for the big man but i don't know um ten hog, my opinion uh southampton 2 leeds united 2 a rip-roaring game got off to uh a relatively slow start but that second half kicked in and everybody started scoring rodrigo who is an integral part to leeds this season we thought would be <clears throat> at the beginning of the season Scored in the 46th, scored in the 60th. Joe Aribo, youngster, I believe, from Southampton, scored in the 72nd. And then Kyle Walker-Peters, mainstay, scored in the 81st. Very similar numbers here. Leeds, unable to defend in the clutch. A serious, serious problem um, that I think is going to be a recurring theme there. This is one of those games where you cannot drop points to Southampton after being in a 2-0 position especially as late as the 60th minute. They didn't have all that much time to come back, and you let them back in, you left the door open. Uh, 13 shots for Leeds, 14 for Southampton, five shots on target for Leeds United, just four for Southampton, and Leeds controlled the possession with 58%. I thought Rodrigo was killer in this game. Bamford, again, not where he needs to be. Rodrigo was playing in the position right behind Bamford. Sort of a center attacking mid, but more of a center forward if we're being realistic. Aronson and Harrison out on the um, right and <clears throat> left attacking mid positions. I think this is a a fantastic um, formation for Leeds. I I I like the way that they played, but defensively they just weren't there on the day. And I don't know, I don't know if that just comes down to individual performances or what, but they were way off the pace and letting Southampton come in uh, with with Charlie Adams, Eunice, and Armstrong playing as their attacking three. Uh, letting them come back in, is just it's just not good enough. You have to be better than that. And I know Leeds are a young team, but this is a disappointing result.
1: Yeah, I mean, they look strong. They are a team that's dominating possession now in games in their first two, um, leading by a considerable margin there, whereas last year they were um, about 50% even. So you're definitely seeing the style change there and wanting to have the ball more um bamford came off i think in like the 25th minute or so took a bit of an injury didn't want to overexert himself so i think he'll be available for next game against chelsea but we'll have to see come um reports in the next few days yeah Uh, as well as um their back line is pretty thin still they're they're over the year they're going to be recovering with injuries um in in dallas ailing Furpo. so and i think they're linked with kai wagner from the philadelphia union potentially to fill the void at left back right now because they're playing strauk out there now where he's a conventional center back so um yeah i mean they hold the ball well it was just and rodrigo on that second goal pretty much stole it from strauk i think that was already going in and he just nudged it so i think he's leading the league with three goals right now. Um but we'll see if it continues next week against Chelsea where most likely they're going to have 40% or less of the ball. Um, Southampton's case, I thought Giannepa was a big X factor again for them. He's kind of playing out of position at left wing back. He's more of a conventional left mid, so he's dangerous as well as Kyle Walker Peters. He got a goal in this game too. So their wing back play is going to be key for them going forward. If Ralph continues with this formation change where, Last year they played a default four four two. Now it's a more of a a five two three, or however you want to consider that. So, um, <clears throat> I think next week they play. Who do they play next week? Oh, they the play. Yeah, they play Leicester. So that is a winnable game for them, especially with all the uh, transfer business with Leicester, all mainly um, departures. So. I think that'll be a game they can definitely open up more. But um, to get back in this game like they did showed some character and and shows that you never um, can sleep on a team in this league.
0: Yeah, that's for certain. Um, you never know who's going to show up on the day. The next game, Arsenal 4, Leicester City 2, Gabriel Jesus opening his account for the Gunners with two lovely goals chipped the keeper in the 23rd and then finished a back post header in the 35th. Uh, there was a William Saliba own goal in the 53rd, I don't want to talk about that, it wasn't great. But Granite Xhaka up the field absolutely scorched one into the bottom in the 55th, and then Gabriel Martinelli uh, scored right after James Madison. James Madison in the 74th, and Martinelli in the 75th. This was domination by Arsenal. Defensively, we didn't look as good as we did against Palace. Um, There were certainly some mistakes, as you can expect with the young back line. Um, And Ramsdale, who I think is still settling in, even though he was here for a majority of the season last year, he's just, I don't know, maybe he's not settling in. Maybe it's just the way that he plays keeper. Um, He's extremely reckless, so there's bound to be howlers and, and mistakes. Uh, This one's definitely Saliba's fault, but 19 shots for Arsenal, 6 for the Foxes, 7 shots on target for the Gunners, just 2 for Leicester, and 49% possession from Arsenal. The possession was shared uh, fairly evenly, but Arsenal were, were far more toothy. Jesus looked incredible, so, so good. You can tell when he's more involved in the buildup or when he's looking for goal. This was one of those games where he was just looking for goal. He made a couple of turns in there that I I haven't seen an Arsenal number nine make since Henri. Just like unbelievable, using his body, tapping the ball over, and then running onto it. So impressive, his eye for the goal and his eye for uh, buildup play is is absolutely stunning. Martinelli, great performance again. Jaka looked good. Zinchenko looks incredible, in my opinion. And the back line, besides the, the slip-up with Saliba, I, I can't really ask for anything more of them. Saka, a bit of a ghost in this one. Odegaard not quite on the pace, but I think <clears throat> Arsenal looked really good all over the park. Leicester, not up to the task here. I think Tielemans looked awful. Wesley Fofana, not going to be in a, a, a Leicester shirt much longer, in my opinion. He looks like he's going to be going to Chelsea. Madison looked good, and and Vardy just wasn't up to the task here either, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Leicester, but they they just don't look that good. Uh, They got a couple of goals here, but Arsenal were just able to overpower them, so um, with Telemans, who look like shit, and and Fofana out the door, uh, I have no idea what to expect from this side. They're going to have to heavily rely on Ndidi and Dewsbury Hall.
1: Yeah, it's not looking good for them, and I don't think there's any news of anybody coming in. It's, it's all talks of maybe four to five guys um, rumored to leave, but um, it's a downward spiral for Rodgers right now. Uh, it's a must-win game this this weekend against Southampton. You saw the the lack of chemistry in the back there with Ward and goal, um, especially on the third goal where Xhaka got a tap-in, um, cl- colliding with his own player coming out for a, a high ball. Um, just they're lacking a bit and you're seeing the law, the, they missed Harvey Barnes on the wing a bit to stretch things out. Um, they played really narrow in this game. Um, Ian Acho coming off the bench was a big, uh, difference maker there, opening plays up a bit. Um, what do you think of Jamie Vardy's trying to sell for that penalty?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, I knew like when it happened that it, it just, it just wasn't a pen. There was only a little bit of contact. Um, I knew it would probably go to VAR as well. I, I know they initially called the penalty, but um, as soon as I saw like the, the, the first replay, I was like, ah, they'll, they'll call it back. Um, I don't know. I mean, the game was tight at that point. I don't think I can blame him for trying to solve the penalty. Everybody else is fucking doing it, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I, it seems to me so far, it's probably too early to make this statement, but it seems like Arsenal are going to do what they did last year and handle their business against the teams they should, and yeah. then... It's gonna be a, it's gonna be ones. a battle against the 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 top no the top teams. I think you guys will do fine against the level and below. But I think when you face the top dogs, it's gonna be Tough. a grind, and things may not go your way with a call like we saw with Chelsea. But yeah, um, I don't know. It, everything looks good. There's a couple mistakes still, but I think guys are playing their roles perfectly.
0: Yeah, only only two teams that are two and zero, us and City. So let's hope that uh let's hope that stays the way that it is. Brighton, Newcastle, Snorfest, nil-nil, um at Falmer Stadium. This is one where I was just way off the pace. I thought both teams would score. Um I thought Newcastle would probably win, and they were just unable to do so. Props to Brighton, they play an extremely controlled style of football. They held the ball here well, 13 shots, seven of those on target for the Seagulls. Four shots for Newcastle and one shot on target. Um, not a not a great performance from Newcastle, but I just think that Brighton were too challenging to break down. They have pace uh, at those wing back positions. Caicedo getting the start here; he's unbelievable. Gross playing further up towards the top here, but still in the midfield. I think that Brighton were defensively great on the day. They had a couple of chances that probably should have gone in. To be honest with you, but Nick Pope um was incredible in this game. I just think Brighton actually have a lot of of individual talent. They do play well as a unit, um but there are guys that are going to put themselves on the line when when there's a chance the other team could convert. Um they just struggle, you know, going forward. If somebody doesn't step up and 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 bag 15 goals a season, they're not going to be a team that that scores a ton of goals. Uh, but if they can defend and, and steal one every once in a while, then I don't think that they're going to place so all that poorly this season. And this was just an example of of how well they play as a unit, uh, which I know we say all the time. And, and they defended extremely well against a Newcastle team we have a lot of teeth.
1: Yeah, they won the ball in key areas of the field where they could transition quickly on this Newcastle team. Um, we saw the, the home de- league debut for Sven Botman for Newcastle. Um, yeah, Nick Pope was probably man of the match here, saving their bacon. There was a goal-line clearance as well from Newcastle. So I think Brighton, if we have had to s- pick a winner, I think Brighton should have won. They just uh, signed Cucurella's replacement in Pervious Estupion from Villarreal, Ecuadorian left-back who, for a little bit, they played for Watford. So they're already spending their money wisely. Only paid $20 million for him. So, we'll see going forward what he adds to that team. Um but in this game, yeah, they controlled the ball well, took their opportunities. It's just the uh, same story as always. They just couldn't find that one one clinical opportunity to put it away. So, um which ultimately holds them back from challenging for European football. Yeah. Um Newcastle were well extremely tested in this game compared to Nottingham Forest. Um, couldn't find that chance really Bruno Gomes had a decent game um, as well as Joe Willock had chances there but it wasn't meant to be a clean sheet though is good for the mind and them and, City, them and City are the only ones who haven't uh, conceded a goal yet still we'll see if that is, continues because those two teams play this week so somebody's going to lose um there and I think we're leaning heavily towards City, we'll see, but Yeah. I think both teams can take positives out of this and uh look forward to their next meeting.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think it's a bad I don't think it's a terrible result, honestly. Nah. I really don't. I, I think it's alright, but um I know Newcastle will be expecting more of themselves at this point because of how they've been playing, uh under Hal, and I think that's good. That's that's where you have to have your expectations if if you want to overperform. Um, yeah, but we'll move on, so oh, go ahead. I will,
1: I was just gonna say Caicedo for Brighton is apparently yeah, I think he's apparently linked with United. Um yeah. there were talks of him being looked at last January <laughs> by United and Brighton jumped on him first from the Ecuadorian league. Um so we'll see if that's. I don't. Th- I think that's just like a...
0: they're linked with everybody right now. They've been yeah. linked with my dog actually as well. Yeah.
1: I just saw a video on Sky Sport. Apparently, Cas- uh, Casemiro was a consideration uh, from Real Madrid, and people are already saying that is far from a dream. But yeah. it's it's. I I don't think they're gonna be able to bring anybody in. We'll yeah. see.
0: I don't know anybody that wants to go into a sh- fucking shithole club mess like that right now.
1: Yeah, but we can get into them a little later.
0: Okay, so the other side of Manchester, the blue side, Manchester City 4, Bournemouth nil. Ilkay Gundwan's getting the scoring off to a rip-roaring start in the 19th minute. Silky Ilke, as I've been calling him recently. Uh, great finish, great build-up. KDB getting one. Uh, was this... I'm trying to remember if I saw the replay of the goal or not. Just the outside yeah. of the foot. Yeah. Oh man,
1: very clean. Unreal. Very so, so
0: clean. The tempo at which Kevin De Bruyne plays—it's as if everything else around him slows down, and he's able to make pinpoint decisions and just place the ball so effortlessly and perfectly, using contortion essentially uh, and moving his body around scored an unbelievable goal, didn't catch the Foden goal, but he scored in the 37th, and then Jefferson Lerma, who, if you remember from last week, uh, scored a, a goal in the second minute for Bournemouth, scored an own goal in the 79th. So, statistically, things went probably as you'd expect. 19 shots for City, 3 shots for Bournemouth, 7 shots on target for the boys in blue, just 1 for Bournemouth, and then 67% possession for citizens this was a a true slaughter i think it could have been worse honestly um four nil is a great result for city it's going to help their uh goal differential which you never know things could always come down to gd it's 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 very possible these days um but yeah this was this was domination and it's exactly what we would have expected so onward and upward for them
1: yeah, they just brought in Zinchenko's replacement as well. And Sergio Gomez, a left back from Anderlecht, um, Spanish. So he'll be right in the first team there getting minutes um, where he can. be interesting to see what he offers the team. Uh, I'm sure it'll be easy. Uh, Man City have been pretty conservative with their business, not going outside of what where they evaluate the, the players they want. Only paid $14 million for him. So, good business there. Um, yeah, they never really sweated in this game. It was never a problem. I think Ederson, just like last week, um, only made one save. Same in this game, so he, he was pretty much chilling. Um, the defense didn't have to do too much. It's I think Bournemouth um, knew what was going to come, and I think they missed Solanke here. They only had Kiefer Moore up there, only one of their big men. They played two small wingers off of him which I think affected um, how they went to play. So I think it would have been a different story if both of them were out there um, battling in the back there with Ake and Diaz, but um, Adam Smith especially was getting heated. He shoved Jack Grealish straight in the back and then pushed, um, I think Alvarez like square in the face when he tried to touch it by him. Yep. So yeah, they just, they, they, it was, it was our first taste of city and how that is to play against them. And, They'll just move on and try to forget about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's not easy. It really isn't. We have another nil-nil draw here coming from the Brighton-Newcastle one. Wolves nil, Fulham nil. Nine shots on target for Fulham. Three shots on target. Seven shots for Wolves. One shot on target. Wolves controlled the possession. 60% uh, went to them. But Mitrovic and He Chan were unable to break the deadlock. Mitrovic not, not on this game. Didn't look great, to be honest with you. I watched, uh, watched probably a half, and what I saw from him was not great. Um, I thought that Wolves would be able to break this team down, and they were unable to do so. That Adara Bioyo guy, uh, I think, is 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 very solid, but Tim Ream um, is is one of those guys that you should be able to break down. He is old and he is slow. He's not up to Premier League standard. Um, but he's looked okay two weeks in a row, honestly. Um, this was an underperformance by, by Wolves. I think with the guys that they put out there with maybe the, um, the exception of Gibbs White, who I haven't seen all that much of, um, they should be able to get a result against this Fulham team who were newly promoted and they just weren't able to do it. So, um, i don't know i don't really know how i feel about wolves where they're at this was a home game i just i expect more from them uh we know that they they tend to struggle towards the end of the season so if they're not going to stockpile their points now i have a feeling they could be in trouble you know
1: yeah i agree there i think he's up there bruno Lage too is his head on, on the chopping block soon Um, I'm shocked after seeing the highlights in that there wasn't a winner with the amount of chances both teams had Um, there was a goalkeeper mistake from Fulham Um, Pedro Neto in on an empty net took an extra touch and missed this opportunity Uh, the Mitrovic penalty you mentioned um, the last five minutes Fulham should have had a goal it was incredible I think Anthony Robinson did well at at left back for them got involved in the attack uh, a lot um, Tim Ream, he is adapting well to the league, better than the other two times they were up here. So he's learning, um, and yeah, I mean, I think Wolves are still trying to adapt to this or adapt to this four in the back system where they've always been a three three back team. So I think give it another four to five games, and they'll slowly work into where they need to be. But um, until then, they're attacking. Uh, awareness is lacking and that's just sooner or later, it's going to bite them in the butt here. They were lucky to get a point.
0: Yeah, they really were. Um, I don't think, but I think both teams will just be okay with, with taking the point, but uh, Fulham now with, with two points from two, two tough matchups for them. I think they're in a great spot. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, all righty. Oh, here we go. This is the one we want to talk about. Brentford four united nil i mean what are we doing here what are we doing this is the most fucking ridiculous thing i've ever seen it is so so bad so awful i don't understand how you can spend this much money and be this poor reboot everything blow it up let ten hog bring in who he wants to bring in Get rid of Ronaldo, let him leave. Rashford, let him leave. Sancho, failed experiment, let him leave. Keep Lissandro Martinez. You can keep Tejea if you want. And blow the rest of the team up as well. This is fucking awful. It's so, so bad. They got absolutely pumped by Brentford. Tenth-minute goal from Josh Da Silva. Eighteenth-minute goal from Matthias Jensen. Thirtieth-minute goal from new signing Ben Mee. And then another goal in the 35th from Buen and Bueno, Four goals in 25 minutes. And you spent however much money on Martinez, and I know that he's he's getting ready here, but you spent a ton of money on Maguire. What was that? 94 million pounds? Something fucking obscene. Dallow uh, yeah, like, looks terrible. Shaw looks awful. What's gone on?
1: Yeah, I think the first two goals were on De Gea there. They were. Um, he
0: and he he accepted that, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: the uh, chance they—they're not having a problem with possession. They're controlling the game. It's just the creativity and trying to open things up isn't there. Um, they're getting caught out in the transition immensely. I think if you look at the starting lineups, um, having Eriksson and um, in that deep line playmaker role can be good, but only having one defensive minded midfielder, they get exposed incredibly quick. Um Erickson, I mean, we know we know Bruno Fernandez isn't the biggest on his defensive work rate. So I mean they they need that one guy that's in there with those two to be an absolute dog, like an Angolo Conte, like um Partey, um Rodri even. Like they need somebody that can hold that midfield on their own, which is understandable why the the on link is in there um that the idea of Casmiro like having a dominant general in there to clean things up for them is needed if they want to play this formation but it's it's just lacking the build-up in the back is weak they can't connect passes and even when a team is high pressing them they are still forcing to build out of the back which they shouldn't be. I mean, just they need to reset, play it long, and get numbers behind the ball. So it seems like I think Zach made the point where we were talking, and he said we were watching old old tapes of or old games of them playing five years ago over with Mourinho and that. And we looked at their goals. Um, they only gave up 29 goals the one year and gave up 28 the next, and they finished top four both years. So and it's just simple things. And it was pretty much a lot of these guys were in that team. So I think it's a concept manager thing where they need to just suck up the pride, play a certain way to get them where they need to be and bide their time in the market. They need three or four more windows to slowly filter guys out and bring new players in. It's, it's a thing where people are trying to, or or are thinking they can get everything solved in one summer which is right. impossible you it's just can't not do
0: that. you can't
1: you it's too there's too many things you can't get you can't get 11 people out and bring 12 in it's just not possible it's so much work in a short time span um we're seeing Chelsea kind of do that with a lot of younger players not more they got the high profile guys in earlier and now it's more of a long-term site there um we're seeing Nottingham Forest. They lost like nine guys at the beginning of the year, and they brought in I think so far like fourteen people. But that's just to have a squad to keep them up for the year. Not all those guys, if they stay up, are going to be there the following year. Um, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see the closing weeks with the Ronaldo saga, with the center mid problem there. Um, we they need a new right back. You talked about. Um, center back is an issue. There's I heard people have an idea of playing a, a five back against Liverpool. Yeah. Um having the three center backs in the middle and Varan Martinez and Maguire and then you get the wing backs of malasia and Wamba soccer whoever. Just having that structure there to cope with Liverpool's attack. Um it's definitely they definitely need to change the formation. This is, is it's not working.
0: Yeah. It's so bad.
1: And fair credit to Brentford. They fully deserve this win. Um, They're a team that definitely can get this result every once in a while against a team that gives them these opportunities. They were just clinical on the day and really worked hard for every goal. So um, I don't see them getting another result like this anytime soon, but um, to have this confidence going forward. And Brentford, I think, have one of the easiest schedules the next five weeks.
0: They do, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is this is totally insane. I just think United need to actually blow it all up. Like look at what Arsenal did. They they had to blow it up. They had to go all the way back to to a fully homegrown talent and then start to bring players in. And it's it's been a really long experience. It's it's been a tough 5 years you had to finish, for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, to finish 8th for 2 years.
0: Yeah, it's been tough. It sucks. But now this is what's happening with United and I think the low is going to be lower. Honestly, this is terrible. There's no there's no sign to me that there's an an end to this in sight. So, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Nottingham Forest one, West Ham nil. Good lord! Taiwo Awoniyi scoring in stoppage time to the forty. Uh, stoppage time of the first half. Thirteen shots for for Forest, and this one nineteen for the Iron. Six shots on target. For Forrest, five for the Irons, and then West Ham controlled the possession with 57%. I like the way that West Ham lined up here. Declan Rice did get a penalty. There was a chance that, that he could draw them level, but he missed the pen. Uh, why is Declan Rice taking penalties? I don't know. Uh, I think I'd probably rather have Bowen take them, um, but what do I know? I mean, I know Rice has been there for a while, and he's important, but... Um, That's that's bad business. When you have a penalty that can maybe save you a point and it doesn't go in. I know that happens sometimes, but it's just not good enough. Uh, Another thing that I wrote down, I'd like to see more of Gianluca uh, is Kamaka. I just think he they paid, you know, significant amount of money for him. He should be in here. Uh, I don't want to say that my boy Antonio is cooked, but he doesn't look good. So. He's
1: finally got competition for his spot.
0: I know, and he, he hasn't really necessarily been performing for it. So, I think with, with Corne coming in and, and Skemaka, that I'd like to see more of them. I know it, it may take a minute to introduce them into the side, but um, I I am eager to see what happens there. Henderson, I think, looked good in this game. Uh, of course, the goal from Awani was, was fantastic. Um, Lingard, not necessarily anything special uh they threw they threw money at him the West Ham fans because he he declined uh to come back to West Ham after that great season he had with them because he wanted to make more money at, at at Forest uh and then Nico Williams I wrote down a bit overrated I don't know I I thought he'd be I thought he'd be solid for them but I don't think he looked that great in this game so uh yeah, uh, a really good result for Nottingham Forest. I mean, you'd love to take three points against a club that are pretty firmly established as top eight at this point, uh, I think. So really nice uh really nice win for them and Steve Cooper. I think that's that's great to, to be able to outperform West Ham and, and Moyes.
1: Yeah, if there was a team this weekend that deserved to get at least a point, it was definitely West Ham. I mean, they hit the crossbar twice, they hit the penalty. Um they had VAR get involved for them to to earn the penalty. I mean, yeah. they, they had every single opportunity to get some type of point here, and they couldn't get it done. Um, Forrest, credit to them, stuck it out, really dug in. I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I thought Nico Williams did good this game. I think he was credited for like a, a number of key passes. He was whipping the ball in super well from the right wing back roll. Um, he's definitely a guy that's going to be a staple on this team for them the whole year he'll be able to grow his profile Dean Henderson probably had 20 saves in this game alone Um, absolutely stood on his head he came out in the second half wearing a baseball cap and tucked it after a minute just wasn't working for him Um, definitely Lingard though he's not going to be that general that you think he did in the past? He's going to be a guy that gets you maybe five goals, six assists, or whatever. But um, they definitely have players in this squad to cover those numbers. They've they've signed even more players now. After I mentioned the already twelve people before, they've they've picked up Czech Kuyate um, on a free. He was a free agent this year. Palace let him go, so that's a bargain deal there. A uh, holding mid guy they signed. Remo Fuerli, another center mid from Atalanta for 10 mil. And then they also signed King Dennis from Watford for about $16 million. So they have options in every part of the field. It's just a matter of time where they need to work together chemistry on and off the field and play good ball. Um, I think I heard, they that the manager cooper has every player this year is going to be hosting an event or some type of gathering so guys will get together and whatnot just to chill out and get to know each other because they do have an an, an immense squad in a total i'm looking here they got they have 15 new players in that they brought in um and they've gotten rid of i think maybe five or six on permanent deals but that's a it's a, that's a lot of new faces. Um I think he's they only talk English in the locker room, so everybody's included in, in in conversations. So um it seems like they're going in the right direction. It was kind of a fairy tale start for them back in the Pram at home. But um West Ham now dead last, well second to last ahead of United. Yeah. But Amazing. um there's a lot of questions now on them going forward, really. I think the structure's there in the back. It's just Bowen's got a lot of pressure on him to um, duplicate what he did last year. Um, I think Ben Rama's a good player for them. Uh, there's a lot of people thinking Corneille's going to take his spot away from him, which I don't believe. I think Ben Rama's a better overall player than Corneille. Corneille's just got that elite speed on the counter, which I don't think West Ham utilize as much being a more possession-based team. So um, they definitely have options. I don't think they need to be stressing yet, but um, David Moyes needs to maybe tweak one or two things going forward.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Chelsea 2, Tottenham 2. Go ahead. This one's yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, right, right after the game, just a lot of emotions with... Yeah, I don't even know really just where to start. I guess just going off of the stats. Um, the first half, we dominated the ball, held a lot of possession, limited Tottenham to very few opportunities, not even just shots, but having the ball in our in our defensive end. Um, I think Mendy maybe had to make one or two saves in the first half. Reese James was man-marking son, um, doing very well. He had to take him out at one point on the counter from a corner, which is okay. That's understandable. But um, Kulubali scored an absolute screamer off a set piece um, for his first goal for the club, which was incredible to see. Um, Big, big points there for fantasy. Helped me secure my dub. Um, Cucurello on the assist as well. I kind of like him on one side of the corners and Mount on the other. Gives some diversity. Um And, yeah, I, the, we went into the half very strong, very confident, 1-0. And then uh, second half started, and Conte made his changes early on. He brought Richarlson in, first sight of him. They went with a 4-4-2, kind of, with him and Kane up front, Son and Kulusevsky on the wing. So they had all four of their um, creative guys and attackers going forward, which was hard to cope with. But I think it took us maybe 10, 15 minutes to adjust Jorginho was having um, issues there. We got Kai Havertz on a counter, got absolutely destroyed by Benticor. Uh The Lino saw it. Um, Anthony Taylor could have used his vision, but didn't. Um, VAR, you have VAR there. Nobody quickly called him to look back at it and play continued. Jorginho got the ball in the box and tried to play out of the back for some reason, but eventually lost it and Hoyberg scored a credit to him a, a screamer it was clinical there perfection and conte and conte and tuku got in a scuffle yeah uh, it great was,
0: that's great for the game i fucking love to see that
1: i think from a neutral perspective and that it's incredible and to see if you support either of those clubs seeing the desire those guys have to want to see their guys succeed if you believe that side, the other side could be they're fighting for their jobs because both are being pressured into top four finishes and um, outside chances of pushing for the title. We'll see if that how that develops, but you love to see the energy. And It took a little bit of time. We made our changes. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I will say, had a great game. He played right wing back. Um, Jorginho came out. We slid him in the middle. He continued to have a good game and opened things up, and Reese James gets the... The lead goal there from Sterling um, on a quick transition play, winning it in their end, which was awesome. The atmosphere was great. Um, Then Antonio Conte goes and makes more changes, and that tilted the momentum into their favor again. Um, Things going back and forth. Um, We're in the dying minutes of the game, and then um, Tottenham get a corner. Christian Romero... Ball's coming in, gets ahead of Cucurella by yanking his hair like a woman. Um <laughs> Anthony Taylor couldn't have had a more clear vision of what happened in front of him 10 yards in his uh, in front of his face.
0: Proper hates Chelsea, Anthony Taylor.
1: Nothing was given. They got another corner, and then they scored off that corner. Harry Kane, credit to him, another great goal. Nothing against the goal, but the play building up to it shouldn't have been allowed, just like the first goal. Um And then once once the final whistle went, um, things got absolutely blown up on the sidelines with Tuchel and Conte. So, Um, An all-time classic. The game overall, looking back, will be great to rewatch going forward. It adds to the story and the rivalry there. Um, Not even to just say because of this game alone, but I've always seen Tottenham as... Our most hated rival. I—that's the team I despise the most, and it just adds on to that. Here, um, it's we tactically did everything possibly we could, and the officiating just screwed us over. So, yeah. Um, I think if you would have told me going into the game a draw would happen, I would have been okay with that. I I was originally going to predict a draw, but I said in the episode I'm going to irresponsibly back my team, and it bit me in the butt. So um, I said at the start, um, at the end, I, the main thing is our team performed better, and we showed we still have that dominance um, at the top end of the table. We can finish there, so it'll be interesting when the Arsenal rematch comes later this year, but. I think we have a strong chance of still finishing top four, and we still have more business to come in.
0: Yeah, Um, I I think you guys are fine.
1: Yeah, so um, is there anything you saw maybe from any of the new players that added? Um, I think Sterling missing a clear sitter as well as Havertz.
0: Yeah, that's unlucky. Um, Showed
1: the desire for still another striker to come in or attacker alone.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, The of Bali goal, I just have to reinforced that that was unreal um he scored a couple of those sorts of goals when he he played for napoli he's an extremely talented player i mean i'm surprised it took this long for for him to to switch leagues but i think he really liked the, the way things were uh at napoli which is surprising because we know the uh sort of abuse that african players can can deal with especially in in italy um Reese James baller con- confirmed, you know, a couple dirty tackles maybe, but such such a great player going forward. I I, I think he's clear of uh of TAA in my book. I, I like Reese James better, honestly. I, I just think he's a better defender and he has that same similar um attacking prowess. And then you know. um Conte injured again, not surprised. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just just the way three that to four things, weeks minimum. Just the way that things go with him, it's it sucks, but um, it's 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 unlucky. Uh, new in terms of new signings that I think that are going to come in, and, and maybe we'll see more of. I'm I'm interested to see if uh Betancourt stays in there or if it's going to be Basuma sort of sort of getting um worked in. I think Basuma's a better player, to be honest. I, I've seen a ton of Basuma. We know what he's capable of. And then I'm curious to see um Parisich if if he'll sort of get that starting role. I know he can he can play all over. He can play left mid, he can play left wing, he can play left wing back. Um so I'll be curious yeah. to see. Seems like he'll be
1: more of a utility guy to come in and yeah, sort of just yeah. finish the game out. I think I think Basuma's more like koiberg than he is Bentacor. Um I think Benzacore is more of that distributor and facilitator in the middle. He's more of that transition guy for them, kind of how Jorginho is for us. Hoiberg is that more lockdown guy, kind of retaining possession and just playing simple balls. I don't think he's going to be a guy playing uh, key passes in behind like Jorginho does or Bentacore for them. So um, I think that's just a tactic thing with Conte if they decide to maybe one game switch to a different formation and play three in the middle. Yeah, But... Um yeah, I think Chelsea's still in the market. I think the Abamyang deal is slowly creeping towards. I think we'll have a definitive answer on that towards the end of this week. Yep. If he's a, a a good go or not. Um it's seeming like we need somebody to come in just for the year to get some sort of figure and understanding of the position up there. So yeah. we know he can bag. It's just a mentality thing, really, and if we can get him to work. So I think Tottenham's done on signings. I think they did all their business early. Yeah, and they're done. I, I think Conte's happy with his squad. I think the five-sub rule works perfectly for him, getting guys involved in games. Um, they don't have to worry about um, forcing guys into lineups. They can get them there 15, 20 minutes. Um, plus they have all the cups in and, and the Champions League, so squad's going to get rotated well. So I think at the end of the day, both teams can be happy with the point. Um, Not in the fashion it happened, but I think you can move forward knowing, um, taking positives away from it. Chelsea with the possession and dominating the game and Tottenham having the grit to stick things out and scratch and claw to the end.
0: Um, okay, we'll move on. Crystal Palace won, Liverpool won, Wilf Zaha getting the boys off to a hot start in the 32nd minute. Luis Diaz got one back in the 61st, but in between there was a red card. Darwin Nunez, um, pulled down by, was it Anderson?
1: Yeah, they yeah. were, they were in a bit of a scuffle during the play. And
0: so Anderson was sort of taunting him to be fair, uh, for majority of the game. I watched him, I watched him sort of follow Nunez around, tug on his, his shirt, um, and just genuinely be sort of a, a cocksucker, if you will. Um, but Nunez exploded. Uh, he, he got, he got upset. He's younger. Um, I think that's part of it. Maybe not, not necessarily sure how to control his temper yet, but this is going to happen. Guys are going to bother you. Guys are going to try and piss you off, especially when they know how threatening you are and how integral you are to to the other team, right? Yeah. And uh he let loose a, a fiery headbutt sedan style, although I will say Anderson sold the headbutt a little bit. The the contact wasn't it wasn't perfect perfect. Uh, I I don't think it was that great to be honest. I I reckon I could I could put forth a better uh, effort on the headbutt. If if you're going to headbutt somebody and get get yourself a red, you you have to go for it. You know, try and break a nose or fucking crack a skull. You can't just yeah. you can't just do the the like, you know, the head, the little head tap. It's just not good enough. So. Yeah. Um Darwin Nuñez, you can call me if if you if you want a pointer on that. I think that was that was weak. That was pussy shit. Um but otherwise this 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 game was I don't know, but Palace are not a bad side. They really aren't. They're they're nah. going to be a team that try and stay in these games. Even the Arsenal game, I don't think they were ever truly out of it. They had a couple of good chances. Um, seven shots on target versus Liverpool's 24. Three shots on target for Palace and four shots on target for Liverpool. Palace create quality chances. They really do, and they have a lot of extremely threatening players. I think Eze is great. Zaha obviously is great. We didn't see Elise or or Mateta in this game. When we start to see those guys get more starting time, Ayu, um, I don't think is the long term solution. I I know that they that that um uh, Vieira likes him, but I just think that Mateta is better, and I think Elise is better as well. And then when we start to see maybe uh, Edouard play up there with Zaha, I think I think that is going to happen. We're, we're going to see a, a formation change at at points this season. Once that happens. I really like Palace uh going forward. I just think they're an extremely well coached team and well disciplined. So um to get the two game ban for Nunez, I think is is great, by the way. If if you're a team that three game ban. it's three. Oh yeah. so that's that's killer. That's part It'll of the be, game, uh, whether you want to yeah. admit it or not. It really is. So um Van Dyke. And and TAA and Rabo not, not looking killer, man. Honestly, they're letting some goals in. So I don't know. Liverpool don't look uh, don't look the same as as they did last year. There's a, a complacency, uh, uh, something or another that that just tells me they're off the pace. And uh, as an Arsenal fan, as somebody who who would like to see my team compete with Liverpool, that's that's great news for me.
1: Oh yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better result, really. If you're uh a competing team with them so for both of us this is great to see them and united kind of crumbling a bit that opens the door um for those positions up there in the top four immensely so um not having matip or konate available for the next couple of weeks is tough for them joe gomez isn't fully fit he only came on for the last 20 to 30 minutes for them so they're back to Nat Phillips being back there and I think he did an okay job for what he was asked at short notice so it's the, you're seeing a repeat of the 20, 2021 season where there's a lot of holes in the team because of injury um, guys are having to pick up a lot of slack we saw that in, in Diaz getting the equalizer here he he had to take on four guys there to get the goal um, Salah was a bit isolated and going down to 10 men didn't, even, didn't help any better um yeah i mean they they're just they're losing they're just missing a bit of flair and it doesn't seem like they're having as much fun out there as they did last year i think teams are reading them better they have more tape and film and experience going against them and where to expose them i think i hit my best bet of the year probably um in this game i put I put ten bucks on Eze to get an assist. His odds were plus eleven hundred to get an assist. Oh, um, Lord, incredible! Um, I was so happy when I, I got the notification. Zaha scored. I was like, oh my god! And then originally there was no assist giver. I was pissed. And then I checked five minutes later and I saw it update. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, big brain. So that was a quick hundred in the pocket, but. Other than that, Palace just hunkered down, and that's all they could do, really, um, playing in that five-back again, like they did. Um, did they play this formation against Arsenal last week?
0: No, it was different, I think. It was different.
1: Yeah, um, so Vieira kind of settled it back, kind of pinned their ears back. So this might be something United does next week, if we think about it. Um but yeah, they play Villa this week, so they'll be able to go more comfortable for in the back and add an additional attacker, really. So yeah,
0: this was a
1: um, before, they couldn't have asked for a better better kind of result, really.
0: No. And before we move on, that last week they played Edouard up top with Zaha, Eze, and Ayu, uh, in like a, a three man sort of attacking midfield. Uh, Zaha played on the left, and Ayu played on the right with decor and left behind them. So this was a this was a huge change in in formation. Um, all right. I think we are ready to move on to predictions.
1: Yeah. I will say last week, big stinker from us.
0: Oh, um, my God. I, I'm so off the pace. It's so bad.
1: You're consistent, though. You went three and seven again. Um, Awful. I went three and seven as well. And Zach salvaged it. He went five and five. So, um, Zach's 10 and 10. I'm nine and will 11. You're six and 14 right now after two weeks. Um, are you going to be able to scratch that back or is that too deep for a hole? That's
0: such a bad hole to be in this early eight eight now. So bad. I don't, ah, it's
1: bad. We were saying yesterday it comes down to the big teams not performing two weeks in a row. Liverpool let us down. Um, United, Chelsea and Spurs let us down. United, um, and yeah, I mean, those teams alone. And then West Ham this week. So, yeah, fuckers. Um, betting on the big teams isn't working.
0: Nope, really isn't. Uh, okay, let's jump into Tottenham versus Wolves. Ooh, this one on Saturday, August 20th. Love Tottenham here. Wolves looked terrible last week. Tottenham looked good. They were able to fight back uh, despite maybe some cheaty sort of ref calls. But I'm going to take Tottenham in this one. I think they win this easily.
1: Yeah, I think this is this is going to be an easy Tottenham pick here. I think they're going to be able to get their wingbacks more involved in this game, unlike against Chelsea. So, especially with Wolves playing four in the back, they're going to be very stretched thin. There's going to be gaps in behind the center backs, um, or I should say the fullback and center back for Sun and Kuliszewski to fill in. Um, even when Ch- Tottenham were getting bombarded by Chelsea, they had they had great structure to their team so i think tottenham here definitely
0: okay um we have everton versus nottingham forest up next wow this is an interesting one uh forest coming off a great result against west ham i don't think they're able to replicate that so i'm gonna take a draw here because i just don't think everton are up to the task of taking three points either
1: yeah, um says, Everton have been losing at both halftime and full-time in their last three matches, as well as Everton have lost their last three matches in the league. So Everton really struggled going forward. Not and Forrest are bringing in a lot of good talent. Um, we saw what they can do against a team like West Ham, who I think, similar to Everton, have experienced guys in the back and good structure. It'll be different this time with uh, a five-back compared to West Ham's four um my gut instinct agrees with you picking a draw but i think sooner or later everton have to get a result i just don't know if this is the one it feels like this is going to be one of those games where they can open things up but um i think i'm going to agree with you and go with a draw
0: okay uh leicester city versus southampton up next yeah this is a tough one um I'm going to go with Leicester City here. I don't think that they're going to throw uh, two weeks in a row.
1: It's tough because I think I I was lucky to get the Southampton game last week against Leeds. I said I really wanted to go with Leeds, um, but there was something about Southampton there that I felt like they could scratch one back, and they clawed their way back into the game. Um, last year, Southampton tied 2-2 against Leicester, as well as a 4-1 defeat. Um, Southampton have conceded at least two goals in 13 of their last 15 away matches. Um, Southampton have lost their last three away matches, and Leicester are undefeated in nine of their last 10 home games, so... This shapes up to be a Leicester dominance, but with all the speculation about guys leaving and you mentioned Tilly Mounts not having a good game against Arsenal. I'm interested to see if James Madison can pull this game out, but um I think I'll go with you again. I think I think Leicester get a win.
0: Okay. Um we have Fulham versus Brentford up next. Another interesting game. Brentford, of course, overperforming so far this season and Fulham with two points from two tough uh opponents. Huh. Um, I'm, gonna take, think, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Brentford here.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I'm going too. Yeah. I, I think just building off of what they did last week against United, they were playing more defensive. This is gonna be a more open game in the middle of the park. I think the wing backs are gonna be heavily involved for Brentford. Um honestly we could see that they go back to the four in the back, um, having more confidence going up against Fulham, so Getting that extra guy in the middle or in the attack will definitely help them, I think. Um, having two good, two teams play similarly, they have two big target men up front in Tuny and Mitrovic. Um, I think both will get chances here. But um, yeah, I think... I want to go with, with Brentford, but I feel like we're going to have a lot of the same picks here. Um, so I think I'm going to go again and take a chance on Fulham. I think at home they looked good against Liverpool... I think they may go down in this game, but they might fight their way back for a win here.
0: All right. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa up next. I'm going to take Palace here. I think Palace have been much more consistent. They look much better. They have more fight in them right now than Villa do. The lack of press, although Villa did sort of sort it out last week, is astonishing in my opinion. And as long as Danny Yangs is starting for Villa, I cannot see myself taking them to to win more games. I I have to take Palace here. I just have much more confidence in their attacking Palace.
1: Yeah, there have been under two and a half goals scored in seven of Crystal Palace's uh, last eight home matches in the Prem. Last year, these teams uh, tied 1-1 and (laughs) Villa beat them 2-1 at Selhurst Park. Um, I think this is a game that, Like you mentioned, Palace can play more freely. Um, They don't have to worry about their first two games against Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, They're going to have to get a result here because the following week they're going up against City. So I think more is on the line for Palace here and Vieira to get their first win of the season. Um, But I feel like Aston Villa could play spoiler here. So um, I think we're going to get a draw.
0: Okay. Um. Then we have Bournemouth, Arsenal. I'm gonna take Arsenal ooh. here. I don't just don't don't say ooh. Don't. I'm just gonna no. I'm saying Arsenal. this. A,
1: on, I'm just saying on paper because this looks like uh. If you're getting four against Leicester, you're thinking well, you're know. gonna get at least six, right? No, Jesus no. Gets...
0: I mean, look at City. Only got four. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get six. They could have had eight. Yeah, they could have had twenty. Honestly, Bryce said this <laughs> two minutes into the game before. Before there was even a goal scored, my brother was like, "They're gonna win this game twelve (laughs) nothing." They could have.
1: The last time these guys played was back in 2019 um, when they were in the Prem. Arsenal won one nil, and they tied one one at the Vitality Stadium. That's where the game's gonna be this weekend. They only hold ten thousand people in their stadium, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, I gotta go with Arsenal here. They're gonna. I think we saw Bournemouth gonna play with that five back. Um um if Solanke is involved in the team, it's gonna be interesting. I think this is gonna be a big test for your defense. Yeah. Having two big men to guard back there, um, with Saliba and Gabrielle in the back. I think they can get it done, but um I think both teams definitely score here. So I'm gonna go with Arsenal though, like three one.
0: Okay. Um we have West Ham and Brighton up next. Oh, that's a tough one.
1: The two worst teams for me of know, all time.
0: I know. I Draw? You think? That's what,
1: that's what my inkling says. Um, Brighton are away. They play a lot better on the road. Um, some, web, some stats. West Ham have lost their last three matches in the Prem. Brighton are undefeated in their last seven matches. And West Ham have conceded at least two goals in their last three home matches. Um, these teams played twice last year. The first being a one-one draw at the London Stadium, and the latter being a Brighton three-one win in the Amex. So,
0: I'm actually changing my pick to uh, West Ham.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Brighton. I'm gonna back them again. I really like the first two games they played. Danny Welbeck's been great up there. Plays his role phenomenally. They're selling Neil Mupai apparently. Um, they're going to move him on. Uh, I think the link was Nottingham Forest or one of the other clubs in the relegation battle, potentially. So I think they're sticking true with Welle, and I'm going to back him here for an away win.
0: Okay, cool. Um, here we go. Leeds United versus Chelsea. That's easy. I'm taking Chelsea on this one.
1: I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think, I think. The first... Two games for Leeds. They played really well. They're adopting, are adapting to their style. Great. Um, we, we I think we know for certain um, Leeds aren't going to defend as well as Tottenham did last week. They don't have that structure there, and they have a lot of um, backups in there in the back. So, And also guys playing out of position. Um, I don't think they're going to switch to a five-back. I think they'll stay true to their formation. We, uh, Jesse Marshall go with that high press in the team. Try to make mistakes like Jorginho did against Spurs. Yeah. Um and it's gonna be an Ellen Road, which is gonna be really loud. There have been over there have been over two and a half goals scored in six of, of Leeds' last seven games. Um we don't know, probably not for Chelsea though. Um Leeds have scored at least two goals in the last three matches, and Chelsea are undefeated in their last six Prem matches. Um I would love to see Sterling get his first goal here, um after Koulibaly did in the, the last game. You're gonna, I'm gonna go back Chelsea. It's an easy default answer, but um I just have an, a suspicion that Leeds are gonna make this a really tight competition.
0: Yeah. Alright. Um Okay, Newcastle versus Man City. This is gonna be a tough one, but I'm gonna take City. I, I just they're they're too good.
1: Yeah, last year City beat Newcastle an aggregate of nine to nothing of across two games. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um different team though really. Um they've they've brought in a couple of new signings in, in the in Pope. I think Pope's a upgrade there. Um full summer preseason with all the guys. Um Man City have won twenty seven of their last thirty three away matches, as well as they've scored at least two goals in their last eleven matches. Um Man City have been winning at both halftime and full time in six of their last eight matches. And there have been uh, over two and a half goals scored in nine of City's last 10 games. So this is the first test for Newcastle, their defense. They're going to be pressured a lot. They're not going to have the ball very much. Can they cope? Do they have the speed on the counter attack to open things up? We know they got St. Max and Wilson. Ken Wilson, get his one or two chances and put one of them away to put pressure on City. Um, I'm going to back City still. If you, I mean, 38 games this year, you're picking City every game. If they lose, they lose, but you can't ever go against the league champs.
0: No, you can't. Um, okay, and then our last preview, we have Manchester United versus Liverpool. This is going to be a true slaughter. Um, you think? Yeah, I I just think United are in such a bad spot. Uh, There's word that the dressing room is already turning, uh, that they don't like the way that Ten Hag has them playing out of the back, and that they need to be more aggressive. I don't know if there's any merit to that, but I did see it from a verified account this morning. So there could be some merit, but... Um, Liverpool are just a better side. They have enough depth up top to replace Nunez, who will be out for this one. I don't think that's going to be much of a big deal. Um, and United are floundering. So I know Liverpool need these points. I know United need these points. But I think United, believe it or not, fall to uh, 0-3 and are 20th in the in the table still by this time next week. Who's,
1: what's the bigger story? Liverpool... Dropping points here and being, let's say, six points behind City or United losing and still being dead last?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I think probably United losing and being dead last because then they're going to get linked to 65 other players.
1: I mean, this is linking perfectly to Arsenal last year. You lost your first three games and then they went on a run.
0: Yeah. I right. don't know.
1: I can't say you know you're going to do the same, but. The, question, the questioning was all the same on Arteta last year.
0: Yep, that's and true. Then you got,
1: and then you guys scraped a 1-0 result over Norwich. Um, just like City against Newcastle, Liverpool beat United last year in aggregate of 9-0 across the two games. Um, Liverpool are undefeated in their last 21 matches. United have been losing at both half and full-time in six of their last eight matches, including they're on a four-game losing streak. Um I know Zach. I'm gonna get Zach's picks today, but um, I'll tell I'll, I'll probably tell you guys next week how he did. So I know for certain he said this game's gonna be a draw. Um, that's definitely one of his picks. But I'm gonna back Liverpool here. It's I a- definitely think United have couldn't ask for a better situation with Liverpool having their injury problems. Their marquee signing is gonna miss. Um, we know Firmino's gonna be a problem for them though. Dropping into pockets of space and opening things up, but um, I think him in there is better than Nunez. So, um, as well as they're going to have like Nat Phillips or not a hundred percent Joe Gomez, and I think they can really attack and focus on going at Trent. So, if they decide to put Rashford in there to go at him, that'd be good. Um, or if they put Bruno out there on the left, who knows? So, um, it's going to be that Monday night game. It's going to be the headlining. Story all all weekend pretty much I'm sure, um, but I think Liverpool get the dub.
0: Yeah, me too. And I am so excited for this upcoming week. We have a lot of really good games. I'll be extremely curious to see how everything pans out.
1: Every um, week is every week I look. It's the matchups. It's so tough to decide on one thing because. Just not knowing a full report on these teams and how they play and all the player like the window yeah, still need, open. So it's like not ten weeks.
0: You need ten weeks and then you can form an opinion.
1: Like Before that, just,
0: it's just impossible. You know what I mean? Like s-
1: six of these matchups, I'm thinking like these these teams are just too close to each other. I want always want to say a draw, but you gotta something's got to change.
0: I know. I have no idea what's Everton and Nottingham Forest. I mean, That's the worst one. Leicester and Southampton. Like that these and, teams that are the, the same. They're the same. I know it, it, it's three in a row that are just, you never. it's a, it's a, it's a fucking crap shoot. So uh, we'll have to see, but thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 podcast. We are uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple podcast, the post 20 podcast. You can find all past episodes of the show as well as current and future episodes We appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you take care. Enjoy yourselves this week, and we will see you this time next week.